Welcome to Apologetics with Brian O'Connell, where in each episode I answer difficult questions that confront Christianity. In today's episode, we're going to continue our discussion on the topic of origins. How did we get here? To answer this question of origins, we've been looking at different fields of science to see if these fields support the Christian worldview or the evolutionary worldview. In our last episode, we looked at the fields of physics and biology to see if these fields point to the existence of the universe being the result of an intelligent creator. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at earth science, mathematics and probability, as well as astronomy. In our last episode, we discussed how the advancements of technology, like the X-ray scanning electron microscope, is causing scientists to come face-to-face with evidence of intelligent design. But one does not need to only look through the lens of a microscope to see evidence for a creator. For example, when one looks at the earth, it becomes clear that it is the result of intelligence. The earth is perfectly placed in our universe so that life can survive. If the earth were slightly further away from our sun, our planet would freeze and all life would be lost. Likewise, if the earth were slightly closer to the sun, all life would burn up and be destroyed. Other factors that make it possible for life to exist on Earth are things like the angle on which the Earth spins on its axis, and the speed of the Earth on its rotation, the size of our moon, and the size of the sun. These things also make it possible for life to exist on Earth. There is a reason that life has not been found on any other planet except for Earth. Earth has been finely tuned by an intelligent designer. Henry Morris points out that if the moon were much larger or nearer to the earth, the huge tides that would result would overflow onto the lowlands and erode the mountains. If the continents were leveled, it is estimated that water would cover the entire surface to the depth of over one mile. If the earth was not tilted 23 degrees on its axis, but rather was a 90 degree angle in reference to the sun, we would not have four seasons. Without seasons, life would soon not be able to exist on earth, the pools would lie in eternal twilight, and water vapor from the oceans would be carried by the wind towards both north and south, freezing when it moved close enough to the poles. Dr. Morse is making it clear that our planet has been finely tuned by an intelligent creator. Other ways that the earth is unique from all other planets is the presence of water and air. If either one of these has a slight alteration to its chemical makeup, life would not exist on Earth. Evolutionists cannot explain the fine-tuning of our planet. I now want us to look at mathematics and probability. The following examples come from an excellent series entitled True You by Dr. Stephen C. Meyer in Focus on the Family. I want you to picture a bicycle lock that has 10 dials or, or sections going across the lock. If each of the dials has 10 possibilities for a correct number, then the possible combinations for this lock is 10 to the 10th power, which is 10 billion possibilities. Let's apply what we just learned about the probability of the bicycle lock to the probability of life coming into existence by itself through evolutionary means. Within the human body, there are 20 possible protein-forming amino acids, And in a chain of amino acids that is only 10 sites long, which is 10 to the 20th power, there are 10 
trillion possibilities. Something to note is that most proteins, even modest or the shortest proteins, are between 100 to 150 amino acids, and the average length of proteins may be between 300 to 400 amino acids. In other words, if there were 10 trillion possibilities for a protein that is only 10 amino acids long, but the average amino acid is 300 to 400 amino acids, the odds of finding a functional protein by chance is 10 to the 164th power. It gets even more amazing because these are just the odds for just one protein. And it is believed that it takes between 250 to 400 proteins to produce a single cell. And in a study conducted in October of 2013, scientists estimated that there are 37.2 trillion cells in the human body. If all of this isn't clear enough, that it is mathematically impossible for life to have come into existence through random chance, then listen to this. Another incredible fact deals with the relationship between DNA and proteins. In the June 2007 edition of Scientific American, chemist Dr. Robert Shapiro points out that DNA replication cannot proceed without the assistance of a number of proteins. Not only that, but he explains that what makes things more complicated is that proteins used by cells today are built following instructions encoded in DNA. In other words, he's saying that DNA cannot exist without proteins and that proteins cannot exist without DNA. Shapiro then points out that this account brings to mind the old riddle, which came first, the chicken or the egg? DNA holds the recipe for protein construction, yet the information cannot be retrieved or copied without the assistance of proteins. Which large molecule then appeared first, proteins, the chicken, or DNA, the egg? It is clear from everything we have talked about, not only through mathematics and probability, but through each of the other fields of science, that science does not support the materialistic and evolutionary worldview. Life could not have evolved. So now let's turn our attention to the field of astronomy. Not only do scientists that look through the lens of the microscope see evidence for an intelligent designer, but so do scientists that look through the lens of a telescope. When these scientists look out into space, they are amazed by the fine-tuning of the universe, from the location of the Earth in our solar system to the size and location of our moon. All of this protects the Earth from being hit by asteroids and meteoroids. The other planets in our solar system, they also help to shield the Earth from these massive extraterrestrial flying objects that would really otherwise destroy our planet. The evidence of this danger is made clear when one looks at the surface of the moon with a telescope and observes the cratered surface which resulted from such cataclysmic impacts. Another fascinating aspect of our solar system is our sun and its stability. For example, our sun is part of the G2V yellow dwarf star family. These types of stars typically pulsate and produce deadly flare-ups. What's fascinating 
is that our sun is stable and does not experience these same deadly flare-ups. If our sun performed like other G2V yellow stars, life would not exist on Earth. Due to this undeniable evidence for a fine-tuned universe, more and more scientists are coming to the same conclusion that there must be a designer behind this meticulously designed universe. In fact, Alan Sandage, winner of the Crawford Prize in Astronomy, remarks, I find it quite improbable that such order came out of chaos. There has to be some organizing principle. God, to me, is a mystery, but is the explanation for the miracle of existence why there is something instead of nothing. This is an incredible statement by this prized astronomer. Dr. Sandage has clearly seen evidence of a creator when he's looked through the lens of his telescope. As I've mentioned several times, evolutionists hold to a materialistic worldview, that matter is all there is, that matter is eternal and has been here from eternity past. However, in our last episode, I showed that the first and second law of thermodynamics disagrees with this statement. Not only that, but in 1929, Edwin Hubble discovered what is known as the red shift. He discovered that the galaxies are moving away from the Earth, which is shown by the red light waves that they give off. In other words, the universe is expanding. If the universe is expanding, this implies that if you press rewind and you go back in time, instead of expanding, the universe will get smaller and smaller until you come to a single point in time and space, a starting point, a beginning. In fact, Einstein was a guest of Hubble's, and when he witnessed the red shift, he corrected his calculations to his theory of relativity. His calculations, as a result of witnessing the red shift, show that the universe had a beginning. If the universe had a beginning, there must be something to cause the beginning. Something that is outside of the universe. Something that isn't the universe itself. When one looks up at the sky and observes the rotations of the planets, it is hard not to compare the planetary rotations to machinery that was designed by a designer. We can echo the words of the psalmist that the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Although time did not permit more scientific fields to be addressed, the evidence from the fields that were addressed is sufficient enough to show that the claims of evolution are false. Each of the fields that were looked at shows that life on our planet and the existence of our universe could not be the result of natural processes that have evolved over billions of years from simple organisms into complex organisms. The first and second law of thermodynamics proves this by themselves. It is often said that science has disproved the existence of God, that people who hold to an intelligent design and creationism worldview do so with blind faith, and that people who hold to a materialistic and evolutionary worldview do so not by faith, but by sight, by seeing the facts and evidence of science. Our culture tells us that it is the facts of science versus the faith 
and fairy tales of religion. However, through this episode, as well as through each of the other episodes dealing with the topic of origins, it has been clearly shown that it takes more faith to be an atheist. It takes more faith to believe in something that contradicts the facts of science. Which is why people like Dawkins and Crick tell anyone that will listen that in light of the fact that all evidence points to an intelligent creator, it is crucial that you remind yourself that life is the result of evolution. But these do not sound like the kinds of mic drop, epic argument stopper statements that you would expect from people who claim that science proves the truth of evolution. Instead, statements like these clearly show that the scientists that truly hold to faith are those who believe in evolution. Astrophysicist Robert Jastrow said this, For the scientist who has lived by faith in the power of reason, the story ends like a bad dream. He has scaled the mountains of ignorance. He is about to conquer the highest peak. As he pulls himself over the final rock, he is greeted by a band of theologians who have been sitting there for centuries. Throughout these past several episodes, we have seen through numerous fields of science that there is clear evidence for an intelligent creator. If there is a creator, then we would expect him to communicate with us, his creation. And that's exactly what this loving and personal God has done. He has revealed himself in the following ways. God has revealed himself through his creation and through our consciences, both of which are considered what's called general revelation. He has also revealed himself through his word, the Bible, and through his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And these both are considered what's called special revelation. It's due to these revelations that God has given us that Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 20. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. That's all the time that we have for today. Over these past four episodes, we've seen that science points to life being the result of an intelligent creator. We've seen that it is not the facts of evolution versus the faith and fairy tales of religion, but rather the facts of religion versus the faith and fairy tales of evolution. So this brings up another question. Are all religions true? Do they all teach the same thing? Is it possible that there is only one true faith? Come back next time as we look at world religions and Christianity and we ask the question of whether or not there can be just one true faith. God bless.